Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Conspiracy of Zero. Conspiracy of Zero is from Greece. This progressive death metal band has released Anthos Auroras, an album that is provides every style and every metal fix that you need. This one is a must, and here is my interview with Conspiracy of Zero. Hello, Hello, my friend. How are you? Uh, hello. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm very fine. Thanks. Now I can hear you. Okay. I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, I'm sorry I'm late. I had some connect connection issues, uh, but everything is fixed now. No problem at all. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, first of all, I wanted to congratulate you. Um, this is the most original sounding album I've heard in a long time. Uh, really, thank you about it. It's, uh, it's a great comment to hear always because um, we try to avoid as much as possible to, to make too much edit on our, on our recordings. We try to stay clean. And speaking of the recording process, was this album done in a studio? Uh, just the drums, actually. Uh, the drums uh, made, uh, we recorded the drums in uh, a very good friend of ours who has an amazing studio. Uh, his name is uh, Costas Kofinas in uh, Thessaloniki in uh, Blueberry Productions. Uh, and our drummer, George, uh, he works with him um, uh, every once uh you know here and there uh, in many works in in studio works so uh we know how they work uh, they combine very well so it was uh, a go-to choice and i also wanted to ask you could you talk to me about the title of the album yes yes uh, the title was chosen actually by bill the bass player and uh, the co-leader of the band uh, um, it's an ancient Greek phrase, actually, but we wrote it in in, uh, in English, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, and in in Greek, it means uh, it, you can translate it as the phrase "the weight of the uh, weight of the earth." Okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, they used this phrase uh, in order to. Um, actually talk about somebody who was, uh, uh, let's say, useless, like uh, who was um, roaming in the earth like a, like a, like a weight, like um, you, get, you get my point, like, uh, yes. like a, a useless human being. So it's a little bit um, phrased in another way. By Bill, actually, uh, the way we we chose to integrate it, let's say, and translate it in our way is to translate it as when when nothing keeps you in in, in the earth, you you have to die when when you're this useless weight in the earth when you feel like. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to ask you if you could speak on the songs "We Both Bleed" and the title tracks. Um, mm -hmm. Those are my favorites on the album. It's it's great to hear. Thank you. <laughs> uh, 
uh, we both believe actually was uh, the first single we did, and uh, we we were um, we weren't sure for the choice of the first song to be released, and we both believed we thought it was a risk. Uh, as you may know, as you may read, maybe or if you didn't, it's a, it's a tribute song actually uh, to Sin Reinhardt and uh, Sin Malone from uh, from Cynic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they both passed away. They influenced us too much uh, musically and maybe lyrically as well uh, in Scenic as a band, and we just wanted to honor them in our way. Uh, we both believe talks about um, narcissists, about people who are around us and... Um, and they make us feel bad. They, they interfere in our lives. And uh, it talks by the victim's side, actually. Uh, and it's like uh, it talks to to his opponent, let's say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, his abuser. Um, and it's, it's all about that. It's about personal relationships uh, with people, with friends, with lovers, with uh, people around us, with society sometimes it's it's about this uh now uh the title track actually it's uh, it's actually two tracks it has two parts yes and the first one is uh, actually the the oldest song that we put in the record like uh, the the first instrumental song is a song that we wrote with bill um around 2016 or 17 i, I don't remember i'm sorry uh and the by the years, it it um, it progressed to be appropriate enough, let's say, to put it on the record and combine it with uh, with the, the second part. Actually, um, like we, we we took some some part from the first part and we translated it with uh, heavier um, music, uh, heavier uh, orchestration in the second. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lyrics were written again by Bill and uh, also by Costas, the other vocalist uh, of the band. And uh, it basically talks about death, about uh, how we describe the title of the album. It's, uh, it's this topic. And I wanted to also ask you, what track was the most challenging? Because musically, this album is at times can be very complex in structure. Well, that's that's a very nice question, actually. It's um, I may have uh, answers that you, you you're not uh, expecting. I don't know. Uh, let me know about it after. Um, challenges were always an issue in many different stages of the album. For example, um, in the orchestration of the album, uh, we had. Troubles when we were writing actually uh, the title track, the second part of the title track. Mm-hmm. Um, we faced a, a challenge that many times I face as a composer, uh, that we faced this with the whole band actually. Like we didn't know exactly, you know, what what riffs to put as a, a verse, as a chorus, as an instrumental part. It's every everything. It's it was like everything fitted to everything so it was a bit tricky to to choose the 
the orchestration of the song, how how it's gonna be like. The sure. Parts. Yeah. Uh, then um, also we we had a a, a huge issue uh, with uh, unknown protester, and that may sound unexpected because it's a very straightforward song, to my opinion. Um, it took us too much actually to to um, find uh, the vocal lines for the verse of the song. Mm. Uh, it, it really, like it, it was, we were rehearsing and rehearsing, and rehearsing, and nothing was coming up. Nothing, nothing great was coming up. And we tried too many different things that uh, we may even release a, an alternate al alternative version of the song at some point. <laughs> Uh, and then when it came down to the mixing process, of course, the biggest challenge was I feel because of its uh, uh, dynamic behavior, like mm. dynamic structure. There, there are parts inside the song that uh, have to be mixed completely differently than other parts. And it, it's like mixing three songs together. It's... Uh, and we mixed the whole thing. We recorded and mixed the whole thing uh, in our home studio, actually, to complete also the first question. Uh, the rest, all the, the rest of the instruments except drums were written in uh, in our studio, our home studio, where we do basically all of our recording so far. And I also want to ask you about the album artwork and the artist that was involved. Well, uh, that was actually uh, for all of us. Uh, the the artist uh, is uh, George Kufakis, or known as George Geokuf, uh, in uh, social media and YouTube. Uh, he's also an animator, in, uh, except uh, making artworks for bands like he made artworks for another bands as well, local bands in, in Thessaloniki in Greece. Um, we had an initial idea about the artwork and some references, and we talked about it with him, uh, tried to um, combine his knowledge and his technique and uh, what we wanted and try to um, also uh, let him uh, free and do whatever he wants in specific parts. But there were also parts that we, we had huge discussions and whether if we should proceed one way or another. Uh, but he's also a very good friend. So uh, he really did uh, his best uh, out of his um, abilities. And uh, I really like his work. I really like his work. Yeah, I do as well. The album cover is is a great aesthetic to look at as you're listening to the album. We this was also a, a big challenge to try to combine uh, the music with the artwork. It's something that I think that many times uh, plays its part. Like we we have in our mind uh, interpretations of music in the artwork, and that sometimes is is combined really well if the, the album's artwork is is being done uh, carefully enough for this manner. And I also wanted to ask, what can fans look for next? Um, will you tour this album? 
Well, unfortunately, so far uh, we've been a studio band. Uh, it's um, it's too difficult for us to even rehearse because um, uh, our main vocalist uh, le- lived in another city, and recently I also relocated in France. So uh, rehearsing is a really, really big deal to a really big struggle to to solve right now and maybe we won't tour at all uh maybe we will make some some shows occasionally but definitely we we won't be a touring band sadly but it's it's the truth i also wanted to ask you if you could give me a band history lesson and uh tell me how all this came to be sure sure um, the band started actually as a studio project with uh, Bill, the bass player and the co-leader, uh, who's uh, a very, very good friend of mine. He's considered a, as family too. And uh, we had this uh, home studio in my place and we were recording stuff since uh, 2015. Uh, and then I had some songs, uh, some very raw songs in a, in a very uh, raw form, like a very, we can consider them as demos, basically. Mm. Um, and then we took these songs, we we edited the hell out of them, we reorchestrated them, we rewrote a lot of things, uh, we wrote lyrics uh, from the beginning, combining, combining ideas I had uh, and Bill had, and we started uh, making making some work out of it, and at some point, Costas joined. Costas, uh, our role vocalist, he's a very good friend of my. Of, we're friends since uh, uh, high school, I think. Like we we were together in uh, in other bands in my hometown uh, b- before I moved into Saloniki. So he joined as well. It was a natural choice. Um, then it, it wouldn't. It wasn't easy at all to find the rest of the musicians. Uh, so we actually wrote uh, drum machine parts for the first album, and that's how it was released. Actually, uh, the first album has drum machines in it. After its release, um, things had started to rolling. It was it, it was a bit easier to find other members to uh, approach other other guys, other musicians. Um, there's also uh, John, uh, the lead guitarist, uh, who also played bass actually in one song in the first album. Uh, that he was always close to the band and close to the project. And his guitar abilities are really excellent when it comes to lead parts. Uh, so it, it's like he, com- he, he completes me because I'm, I'm not a good lead guitarist quite at all. Uh, and of course, George, our drummer, who's a very good friend of me and Bill, uh, came to join the band as well. Uh, maybe a few months later, the first album release. And then we started working all together. Uh, we barely we, we barely rehearsed. Everything works um, quite remotely. Uh, and usually I will write a few ideas that may become a song and I will share them with the rest of the band. Uh, 
and really the rest of the guys will put themselves on it. Uh, it's uh, everyone has a great amount of freedom uh, to do whatever he he wants with uh, his part in in a song, and that's really great. I think it's something that many bands miss sometimes when when it comes to composing. Um, and we we came up this this way until the whole album was written uh, the procedure was like this i was i would write usually i would write uh, the initial idea um, and i would pass it to to the rest of the guys and then everybody would add its parts and slowly progressively we would change parts have discussions about songs and stuff so it's really a collective job it's uh, uh, it's like uh, Everybody does his best for the band, and uh, we really enjoy it. That's how it came. I also wanted to ask you about your personal development. At what age um, did you begin your craft, and uh, how how did you progress through the years? Well, um, first of all, I really... Uh, enjoyed listening music since I was very very young like four or five years old I started playing guitar in the fifth grade in the elementary school and uh, since then I only wanted to play uh, songs that I like uh, I, I was a bit away from uh, music theory and um, uh, technical exercises and stuff I, I was more interested to just play songs I liked and uh, I had teachers who really understood this and helped me a lot, helped me develop. They also introduced me to other genres that uh, they were uh, very strange to me when I got into like prog, for example, like uh, death metal, even death metal. Like I was, I was a heavy metal guy when I was young. Yeah. Um, and uh, they opened new worlds for me and they just gave me the information and let me handle it the way I wanted. So this was very important for me because they didn't interfere, didn't try to alter my personality, alter my my beliefs, my way of thinking. They just gave me more information. Uh, and, and of course, friends as well. Um, so mo mo most of all, we progress, I, I, I progress in in. in guitar or in music or in mixing uh, or in composing because I, I'm a huge fan of mix of uh, music I, I like to hear a lot of music I like I like to take a lot of ideas from other stuff and I, I, I try to contribute my best to my arts uh, that's how it came right? the, the procedure is the same since I was a very small kid and uh, what would you say um was the style of music that influenced you to pick up an instrument? Um, again, for sure, I think it was uh, hard rock and heavy metal. Uh, I remember I was listening uh, Iron Maiden and Judas Priest, basically these two bands. Mm -hmm. uh, and also some early, early Scorpions records with uh, John Roth. And really, the, these guitar parts of on the on these songs of these bands made me want to grab a guitar and and try to play them or try to write songs like that. 
it's kind of strange, but since I wasn't even playing the guitar, I there were moments I would hear a song and uh, I would be, let's say I would have a, a feeling that I would be jealous I didn't write it first. Mm-hmm. Somehow. So I know I, I know many many musicians feel like that sometimes. And I had this feeling even before I become a musician. So I guess it was uh, a native uh, uh, process for me to become. I wanted to ask you, uh, you're in Greece, is that correct? Uh, right now I'm in France. I just relocated, but uh, since uh, up until one month ago, I was in Greece, yes. Uh, the death metal scene is... Uh, very strong there. Um, did you get to see any acts while you were in Greece? Uh, can you can you tell can you um, explain to me better what you want me to to answer? Sure. To? Um, I wanted to ask you. Um, the death metal scene w- is very strong there, mm-hmm. and I want I wanted to ask you. Um, were there bands from your country that inspired you as well? Uh, that uh, did what? Sorry, the connection went off. I'm sorry. Um, was there any death metal bands from Greece that inspired you as well? Oh, okay. I see the question. Okay. Uh, for sure, for sure, there, there are. Uh, there are a lot of bands uh, in thrust metal and death metal that uh, I was hearing when I was young and I, I wanted to mimic them somehow. I wanted to write music like them. It was a uh, death courier who is a, a legend in the Greek underground. They never made it to the top. They broke up quite early, but he, they were there. They were also Acid Death, a band that uh, reunited some years ago, but it comes from uh, the late 90s where the genre was at its best. And also Dead Congregation, which is a, a, a furious band. Like if you see them live, they really take your head off. That's uh, they're very great. A lot of energy there. So for sure, there there were these these bands that uh, I really wanted to mimic them, and I have great respect for what they what they did in the scene. I also wanted to ask you. Um, what was what is the best way to get merchandise from a band and a physical copy of this album? Um, there's uh, always Bandcamp that uh, makes a great job supporting bands, uh, making bands available to sell their merch. Uh, so everybody can order a CD or a T-shirt that we have as a merch for the album. Uh, we try to keep the prices also low because... Uh, we know where we come from. And uh, also by messaging us on Facebook, on Instagram, and social media in general. Uh, and are there, any, are there any plans for a vinyl edition? Uh, there were many discussions about printing vinyls from the beginning, actually, but the cost was too big that we couldn't afford it uh, as we we're also not playing live shows. Uh, and that's also very, a very big downgrade for us, for our uh, income as a band. 
But uh, we, uh, we really want to hope that uh, in the near future we will be able to print uh, this album on vinyl or maybe the next ones as well. It's, it's really on, on, the, on the wish lists of the band, let's say, on the plans of the band. Sure, and uh, another thing is the delays in the process right now are pretty yes. long. Yes, that, that's correct. Uh, orders can can take several months, actually. So it's it's very complicated. But we don't have a label. We don't. Uh, we're not in uh, any pressure of uh, keeping uh, release dates tight. So it's something that we can deal with easier than others. And I want also wanted to touch base on that aspect. Um, I think it's a great thing personally that. Uh, Fans are able to do the work in their homes for the bulk of it. And uh, it gives fans an opportunity to, one, to get out there when, you know, without someone's taking, taking their, basically taking their money away. Exactly. And, uh, exactly. and I think that's one of the, um, best things of the modern times is that the technology is so good you listen to this album and you would swear it was all done in the studio uh, it's it's kind of true it's uh, it has become extremely convenient and easy to uh, make records at home uh, and that's the technology progresses uh, actually like uh, you, you get better results even easier than older times. Uh, it's a great deal for me. It's a great aspect for, for, for musicians when they don't have the opportunity to uh, have a big budget to go to a studio to at least be able to record even in lower quality in their homes. I always believe, I'm, I'm, I'm a very huge believer that... Uh, uh, works in, in, in studios are much, much better than works at home if they, if they will be done properly also. But uh, it, it really saves the day for, for people that uh, either don't have the budget themselves or they are not provided the budget but by, by a label or a company, a record company. Um, it's always better for me when it comes to either releasing the album or in, in, a, in a bad quality or just having it on your mind or on your phone, it's always better to release it in a bad quality rather than at all. If sure, and, and sometimes it can go the other way. Um, I know you spoke that Priest is one, your favorite bands are one of mine as well. Mm -hmm. And I thought the last album was over the production was overdone. It's it was almost too clean. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another aspect of it. Um, it, it goes down to production uh, choices, and sometimes the view of the band or the view of the label, the producer. The you more famous you are, the more factors are getting involved in records. Sure, uh, but at least in our genre, we try to to stay as as clean as possible, as authentic as possible. 
Um, I, I, I'm a huge fan of of records that I can listen the performance of the musicians inside with all the inaccuracies that are allowed in a record. Mm. I don't like when I hear a snare, which sounds perfect, but sounds also like a sambo. I, I really want to hear the drummer's hand on it. It's uh, it's something I really admire in in, in productions today when a, 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 an album is very well produced, but still remains authentic to 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 the, a natural sound. Yes. And and lastly, I wanted to ask you. If you could give a message to your fans, what would that message be? Uh, well, I really want to say a big thank you so far because the album has overpassed our, our uh, expectations. And that's something really, really great for us. And I also want to say that uh, there are more things coming uh, quite soon. Um, uh, at least I want to to hope this and stay true to to their music and uh, their artists support support their local bands and i wanted to thank you for creating an album that is very unique and the style is very unique if someone asked me to classify this band i'd say there is no classification Conspiracy <laughs> of Zero sounds like Conspiracy of Zero, and no one sounds like it. That's it's, uh, probably the best comment that I've heard so far, Robert. Thank you very much for for the opportunity to have this talk and for this comment. Really, it really means really a lot to us to to hear this. We we try to stay also um, non-genre specific. Like we try to just write nice music that we like. That's our, our way of thinking. Well, um, whatever you're doing, do not change it because it's it's original. And I listen to around 25 albums, new releases a week. And this is the most original sounding album I've heard in a while. That's, uh, thank you. Thank you again so much, Robert. It's, it's a beautiful comment, really. Well, thank you for taking time to speak with me. And I please feel free to update me at any time with any new news as it comes about. For sure, for sure. It, it was a, a pleasure to to meet you even online and have this conversation. It, uh, it's for sure we will stay, we will stay close, my friend. Well, you have a great rest of your day, my friend, and I hope we can talk again real soon. You too, you too, you too, Robert. Have a nice day. You too, cheers. Cheers. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.